right. Welcome back, my boy. Welcome back, world. Uh, we're back with another bit by bit podcast. Um, another entry in the bit by bit podcast, the Biterian collection with our Christmas films, uh, a classic Friday after next. This is it. The first entry. What's up, man? How's it going? What's up? It's going pretty good. Going pretty good. Just watched this movie, uh, I think like two days ago. Uh, so starting December off with a good little Christmas classic. Yeah. Some, some for the hood. <laughs> <laughs> this one is one of those ones where it's like it played on probably BT and VH1 or maybe MTV like back to back growing up. I didn't realize how old it was uh when it came out 2002 and i'm like dang it didn't feel like it came out that long ago but like dang 2002 see i think this is when i strictly saw uh reruns Mm. i don't think i ever had like a dvd or something of this it might have really just been like bt uh vh1 uh showing it as a rerun or something yeah so were you just used to like the edited out version of this movie like the cursing being cut out i don't think so but i'm not sure because mm. I, I i remember all i remember all of that stuff but i don't know if uh it was edited or not it's interesting um i think this is like interesting due to the fact of i love the friday trilogy and you got to call it a trilogy seeing as how it's just only these three films and i mean we can get into it later of why it's only the three films and they haven't extended uh past just these three um but i think it's really fascinating of the reasoning of going and having the third one be a christmas movie in the friday films and then just friday after next i'm like all right interesting title but you know just from the beginning of it craig and day day you know the cousins Mm -hmm. and then they get robbed by santa claus and it's (laughs) like this is this is interesting and then you have the temptation silent night playing yeah then it's like what is it that voiceover (laughs) playing and it's like uh craig's voiceover i think I think so. I think it like starts off with Craig's voiceover coming in and you know he's like telling you what's going on and then Santa Claus comes in and he's kind of telling like saying like man they don't got nothing in the house uh, and he mm-hmm. looks at Day Day's baby picture and he's like man this baby's eyes are uh, cocked like two pistols like man this baby is so ugly and he fixes himself to have sandwich and he's like ooh yeah. The, the fact that he robbing them and calling them broke at the same time <laughs> It's hilarious. He's like, they ain't got nothing. Then Craig finds him and then beats him up. Like, it just shows you this aspect of the Santa is broke. These two people he's robbing is poor. And it's like, what aspect of comedy is this? Like, that's just what makes it so funny. Like, I don't know. The movie is just hilarious. Is um, broke people praying uh, on other broke people. Yes. It's, uh, we can throw it to it's the same theme as Atlanta season two, pretty much. Yes. Uh, Robin season. Very much similar where, you know, you're just kind of going and taking out the pockets of the needy, the needy taken out of the needy 
And you're just like, well, I don't have anybody wealthy to take from. I'm just going to take from my neighbor. I need it. And I know you need it, but screw it. I'm going to go and get mine either way. And it's pretty crazy. What do you think of um, the cops once they like both wake up and the cops are trying to like investigate, quote unquote, investigate the robbery? And they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to go investigate your apartment. It it was such a weird scene. It obviously felt like Ice Key was trying to like write some type of commentary <laughs> on the police interaction. It, I don't know. It just felt very blatant that he had something to say with that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They were kind of useless throughout the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, and um. It was funny seeing Arwen from uh, The Sweet Life with Zach and Cody as one of the mm. police. He's the one that uh, took the they weed plant. Yeah, he was like, oh, yeah, I have to take this down to, what was it, as evidence? I got to take it down to the uh-huh. lab or something like that. And you guys can't get this back. Uh, that was pretty funny as well. Yeah, it, at the end, it ended up that they just had to keep supplying them with that to kind of, like, grease them. Mm-hmm. Officer, what was it? Alvin Dix and Behold or something like that. Yeah, um, it was like what? What names are the are these characters? And then the whole fact of oh, we were supposed to have a Christmas party and the Santa Claus took our rent money. And it's like what? What aspect is this? That's that's one thing I didn't get because at the end they say yeah we got our rent money back too, but was the rent the presents because it wasn't like no envelope um specifically that we saw that was like oh that's their rent money it just he just took the presents so the santa at the beginning of the movie yeah so it seemed like mm, that's a good question so it seemed like the rent money was i don't know that's a good question I, I feel I feel like it, the rent money was tied up in whatever presents they had. Yeah, because all he did was just take a bunch of gifts. Yeah. And, so, <laughs> so, yeah. Did they even ever have the rent money? It, I think that was the whole comedic part, that they never technically had the rent money, and they were relying on that party to pay the rent money. <laughs> yeah. And they were just like, oh, okay, we're going to rely on this, and that's how we'll pay our rent this whole time. Yeah, what what I kind of loved about this movie is that it was so like slice of life because mm-hmm. um, it's regular people having like regular problems. Yeah, I think which we don't honestly get um, much anymore today in our uh, cinema. Which is I think amazing. I think the first Friday and then this uh, Friday the third one. Um, I'll exclude the sequel because that one, they become like superheroes and Ice Cube just for whatever reason wants them to become detectives uh, (laughs) and investigate their neighbors. But we can save that for a different episode. Uh, I really love this one a lot because they take on the Christmas aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to piggyback off what you're saying, they, you know, to piggyback off what you're saying, he his whole premise, I guess, he and DJ Pooh of creating Friday, you know, he really wanted to show black people just enjoying life. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, instead of like, okay, we're gang banging, we're drinking and smoking and killing and just going through poverty, we can just have fun. And he was like, yeah, we might grow up in the hood, but we do have good days in the hood. That was the whole premise of the original Friday. So with this mm-hmm. one, it's like, how many Christmas movies do you really have as Black people doing things? I mean, yeah, there's tons of Christmas movies where Black people get into different stuff like yeah but then you have a lot of cheesy christmas movies this one was like actually in my it's like my top five like christmas movie because i'm like this is really really funny i i'd have to like evaluate my christmas movie list but it it may be up there i think one of the things that i didn't really like about it and um i think it's it's interesting because these are normal black people, but there's also like these tropes mm-hmm. within these characters that do not age well. Mm-hmm. But back in 2002, they were kind of normal. So I don't know. I, I don't think this film aged as gracefully as the other two. Yeah. But I do think. Um, you know, it's good for what it is and what it was back then. What, um, try to get more into the tropes. Cause for me, I think one of them would be Terry Crews completely. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Terry Crews and, uh, Cat Williams characters are like complete tropes. You got the Terry Crews fresh out of jail, mm-hmm. even in jail doing who knows what and now he's out um and they never explained anything about him like i didn't realize with terry cruz they explained him in the beginning of the film and then his whole point of being in the film is just like this bully in which you know all the friday films they always have a bully um Mm -hmm. and then the whole point of it is hey the bully just got out of prison be scared of the bully because he just got out of prison but this one he's like oh he just got out of prison and he's uh you should be scared of this bully because he had a dream about you last night or uh you had a dream about him last night and it's like what is this film like you start to i don't know watching it now i'm just like what is going on in this movie it's like you shouldn't be scared of him because he gonna fight you it's like yeah. oh he he's gonna molest you or something yeah it rubbed me a little wrong it's really one of those things where it's like okay this is this is a, a really interesting thing where you didn't really think about i i'm not gonna say you didn't think about life past this like you obviously you didn't think about the film 20 years from now when you were writing it and i guess 1999 or 2000 or whenever yeah. he wrote the film and then you know it came out in 2002 um but it was it's really interesting terry cruz's character and then terry yeah. cruz's acting um and i i think that's another thing is that a lot of these characters they're just that one thing throughout the movie yeah they're that yeah. one little trope there's nothing else uh cat williams money mike i mean 
there's nothing else to his character. He's also not introduced mm-hmm. into the movie until almost the end of the movie. Like I, I looked at the time. To my uh, Cat Williams character. Yeah, I looked at the yeah. time, and I'm like, wait, you don't appear in this movie until like I don't even know half an hour into this film. Yeah, and he's not really introduced. Uh, he's kind of around. Mm-hmm. Like they don't, they don't truly interact with him until uh, he like thanks him. Yeah, and that's it. It's just like, oh, they talk about him. He kind of has like this ethos about it. Like, oh, he owns the mm-hmm. store. She dates the short man. There's this guy who's a possible pimp. He treats her badly. Hey, that's it. Hold on. Can we can we talk about Ice Cube? Because it happened like the exact same way in the second one. He oh, sees ahead. the girl um, from where he's standing and she has some type of like bad uh connection to her and the second one it was the brother and her mm-hmm. family mm-hmm. and this one is cat williams and he's trying to like get with her mm-hmm. so it, it's the exact same setup it it might just be ice cubes writing i'm just be honest with you it just it really might just be ice cubes writing like yeah. it might really just be the way he's writing these films uh i think he keep in mind ice cube is the one in these roles so if anyone hasn't seen Friday, and this isn't the bash Ice Cube, it really just might be him putting himself in these roles. And he's like, you know, screw it. I'm going to write myself in these roles where I get the girl at the end. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's what he's doing. I'm not saying I agree with this. I'm just saying he's the screenwriter. He's taking it to New Line Cinema. And then they were giving him the green light in 99 or 95, 98, 99, and then 2002. And then it got played on BT like every single week. Somehow mm. this worked out. And also, the scene where he like finally um, meets up with a girl like in like a close, intimate setting, it always gets interrupted somehow. Mm hmm. By um his cousin Day Day, or by Mike, or um by Terry Crews, uh, which I'm blanking out on his name right now. Let me see what was his name in the movie, uh, Damon, and that was just it was so weird because that was Terry Crews in that film was just so disturbing. It was disturbing when I seen it yeah. as a kid, but now watching it, I see the parallels between. Damon and then Junior and Players Club. And yeah. it was just like, this is really weird. And I'm just disturbed, dog. In in the scene where uh he meets um Cat Williams character in the kitchen and mm-hmm. um uh it's like obvious that he like feels a certain way or he's like looking at dude a certain way and Craig it's like he pretends he doesn't notice when he goes to the bathroom yeah. that he went into the bathroom after him yeah they try to play it off and he's like oh where'd he go and it's like your apartment is not that big no and you saw him walk to the door like yeah, I'm like Damon is like 6'8 and like he's the biggest one in this building and we're just going to act like no one's seen this man. And Mike appeared with the woman when he came in and he said, hey, I'm going to the bathroom. And we're just going to act like the smallest man who came in this apartment and the biggest man 
who came in this apartment just magically disappeared at the same yeah. exact times. Also, there was like a line he says like fresh fish on the lot or something. Yeah. Or something something weird. I'm like, you just didn't know what happened. Cause after uh they're like, Oh, what's holding up the bathroom? Dude, you know what's holding up the bathroom. It's I don't know. That part, as much as I like this movie, that part kind of like changed my opinions on it when rewatching it now mm-hmm. being older because i'm like you guys based your whole comedic presence on yeah. him being from prison and just like ooh, i gotta molest men and it's like this isn't funny yeah like this is not funny i don't know i'm not gonna say like hey go back and do this the movie's already out it's been in our brain since 2002 but you know i only bring it up for the viewer or you know it's not viewers but for the listeners because you know, we go through this on this podcast of nitpicking, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> breaking down films. But you know, this isn't—we're not bashing our favorite movies as kid uh, that we grew up with uh, as children. Uh, but yeah, it's just a different look at them uh, at like as we rewatch. Yeah, because I, mean, I think we we've, we've seen so many movies now and like study movies that we're looking at them with a different eye a little bit. Hey guys, how's it going? It's Malik here. You're listening to the Bit by Big podcast. Thank you. Big. Um, it goes to um, John Witherspoon. Um, rest in peace. Did, yeah, rest in peace. Did he redo the line from Boomerang? Because uh, the, they were talking about uh, being pussy whipped. And he does the, uh, I whipped the pussy. That's straight from boomerang i'm pretty sure i think so due to the fact that um i have her name pulled up right here bb drake and john witherspoon play husband and wife and boomerang so you know in this it's just the fact that she wants to sleep with him and friday after next so it's just the correlation between the two. Oh. Here, I'll add the explosion because your mind is completely blown right now. I know no one can see it, but to the listeners, he is holding his face. I haven't <laughs> seen Boomerang in a while, but I didn't realize they were together. Their husband and wife on yeah. the uh, movie in Boomerang. I got to rewatch Boomerang. <laughs> you seem like your, your mind just was like... <laughs> see because while, while watching this i didn't make that connection but now it makes sense why yeah. they kind of like played into it because they both play uh david allen greer's dad or, i mean mom and dad and boomerang his parents mm-hmm. and then in this she plays the lady that wants to uh get with john witherspoon yeah so i think yeah uh, he just repeats like his line or something like that that makes sense that makes a lot more sense <laughs> I gotta rewatch Boomerang. We gotta do that for like uh probably Valentine's Day, dog. Valentine's Day, yeah. It's a I think that's a pretty good movie to do. Boomerang is it's it's up there. Yeah. But I think um in this movie Day Day didn't really have a real arc to me. It was interesting. Because well, I guess he 
did kind of when he got the job as the security guard. Mm, um, okay. He like really took it seriously, and it, it's funny as like a you see the parallel between him and um, Cray's character and how they work mm-hmm. um, because they're total opposites. Because um, Craig ain't want to um, do no work. He ain't care about the job at all. I mean, Craig was pretty lazy. Let's just be honest. He just wants to get paid and do nothing. Day Day like, took his job too seriously, but he had nothing else to do. Yeah. And and, with- oh, I, I guess it also kind of goes back to the second where we're, second one where Craig... Um, fuck day day's job up mm-hmm. at the record store and that's why day day references it in this one uh where day day tells him every time i get a position or no uh craig references it and craig says every time you get a position in power you uh always abuse it because remember day day was the manager at the record store mm-hmm. and you abuse it but at the same time craig you kind of messed it up because you <laughs> You ruined his job. <laughs> he was happy smoking weed and, you know, doing something at the record store. And then you uh-huh. messed it up. And then now with this one, yeah, he was a terrible security guard for like an hour. But it would have worked out because, you know, you was doing the most. I think Craig just don't want to really acknowledge it. Yeah, I think if the movie was told from day-day perspective, this would have been a lot different. Yeah. We just seen it Craig from Craig's perspective. He, he would be the villain. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. He really a bully. <laughs> and the voiceover don't really work to me. Not at all. His voiceovers like, don't work. Because it'd be small things where it's like and I don't like I don't dislike Ice Cube voiceovers, but it's it started off on a Friday and it's like, all right, I kinda figured, dog. Like I I bought the DVD. <laughs> <laughs> We we know the name of the of the movie. <laughs> I seen the new line cinema uh tag, like the logo, and then it says Friday. Like I don't need you telling me right after this, like, alrighty, I got it. And then it was a nice sunny day, and it's okay, I get it. I understand it. But you know it's interesting to go back a little bit. Um and we're gonna have to just end up doing all the Fridays. And this is gonna go it coincide with our point of what you just said of Craig being the villain. I can't remember where I heard this. It was on someone else's platform, but they said, if you remember Stanley from the original Friday, uh, the neighbor who was like, get off my lawn. They say, if you really tell the story of Friday from Stanley's perspective, Stanley isn't really wrong. They were like, if you really think about it, Stanley is the common like the common you know citizen in the story they were Mm -hmm. you got your neighbors bumping music smoking weed they ain't working they getting shot at (laughs) they getting they breaking into houses got people kicking (laughs) over they (laughs) kicking over they garbage cans they running in and out of the house folks fighting they were stanley really cut his grass he don't park his car on the lawn. He just say, hey, can y'all not step on my grass? Stanley really is not the villain of the story, but they paint it as if he is square. So if you paint the picture or you put the camera on Stanley from his perspective of the world, Stanley is almost everybody else. 
And I thought yeah. about that when watching this movie now with this perspective a little bit older. Um, yeah, if you tell the story from Mike Epps' day day perspective, Craig is the villain in this movie. I mean, it it'll be even worse the second one if you tell it from uh, Mike Epps' perspective because mm-hmm. you got your cousin coming to town and he just blew up your whole life. Yeah, he's starting beefs with the neighbors. He didn't. Uh, got you fired from your job. Getting my oh, car yeah. keyed, all type of stuff. I'm getting in random beefs with people, and that's why John Witherspoon kind of, uh, you know, references it in this one to his brother when they started the business, the barbecue business. And he tells his brother, he's like, "Oh yeah, Lotto Stud." He said, "I thought you lived." And Rancho Cucamonga. He said, I thought you had the lotto biz. Or I thought you got in the lotto business. Look at you now. Lotto dud. <laughs> or something like that. Like, okay. <laughs> this is this movie is just interesting due to the fact that, like you said, it's a slice of life comedy. And I think we we really just need something like it. Even though it is flawed like most films or all films. It mm-hmm. it really is something where we can relax and just be like, all right, I can relate to it to an extent where it's just funny. You know, it it reminds me of if it was like set today mm-hmm. and someone like Drewski was given a new line cinema budget mm. and this is what would be uh, what we would see. Mm, that'd be nice. Because a lot of it kind of reminded me of little like sketch, um, like sketch, IG sketch comedy type things as like scenes. Because, um, I mean, there was like a large there wasn't really a larger narrative to this movie it was like little scenes placed together yeah um then they kind of tied it up at the end but i could see someone like andrewski um being able to like make this movie no i could with, I... with uh yeah with with the different characters and like situations he does i think um this could kind of be like translated into the now. No, yeah, I agree with you. I definitely agree with that because it's one of those things of, like you said, it. Now that you say that, I agree. It's one of those things where there isn't really much of a narrative, like a goal with this outside of we got to get our rent money and we got to have because they don't really mention the the goal until. Mary J. Blige, come on. And then I always felt that I think I seen this movie in the theaters with my dad. Hey guys, how's it going? It's Malik here. You're listening to the Bit by Big podcast. Thank you. But I don't know, man. I think they need to if they could remake movies like this, like Friday after next, now, I really feel like that's what's missing in cinema today. You so, know what? I don't think we can say that because we ain't gone through all the Tubi archives. (laughs) (laughs) I just signed up for Tubi a couple weeks ago. Oh, not this conversation again. (laughs) I am slowly about to start going through the Tubi archives because I think we got a lot of movies 
similar to these on there that aren't get aren't um getting, getting love. Their just, they're not getting yeah. their just. Hey man, if anybody out there that I gotta start tagging people, but if anybody out there who are filmmakers that make movies or make films and they put them on Tubi, send us your Tubi links. You know, maybe we can get you on the pod because he feel like he could just take over Tubi and get a Tubi deal. <laughs> but here's the, the thing: deal is coming. Here's the thing, and uh, let's just take it in that direction. I don't want to take too long in that direction, but let's take it a little bit in that direction. This is so interesting of why I feel like we need a film like Friday After Next minus the Terry Crews, Mike, uh, Cat Williams thing. Not Mike, I don't say Mike Epps, but minus Terry Crews and uh, Cat Williams characters in it. But here's how I feel like it could work out. We need that, but will it work with social media? It was my biggest question. And then you brought up the Drewski aspect. And then I'm like, okay, that would work out. I was thinking about it. And then I'm like, yes, that would work out. But... It, I feel like it's so crazy how everyone is going to Tubi and Amazon Prime. And why is it that it's mainly people of color going to Tubi and Amazon Prime? And why is Tubi and Amazon Prime not cutting people a check? And it's like, if you see that everyone of color is flooding the market, cut them a check. I'm not saying everybody a check because then you're just going to be giving everybody a deal. Maybe cut everybody a check. I don't know. I'm not the gatekeeper of it. I'm not getting paid for this, but it's just like, come on now. Cut people a yeah. check. I mean, but I also say, where do we as a culture get paid for our contributions on any platform? True. Like only a select few um, really get deals and things of that sort so i don't know seeing as Tubi and i guess amazon prime is the home of black cinema at the moment <laughs> <laughs> i think we should have some form of representation i ain't saying i should get the uh three picture deal but hey Tubi, if you want to give me a three picture deal that would be nice <laughs> hey anything is possible man So that that kind of concludes my thoughts on that for for right now. You know, I have more developing thoughts later. Well, I don't know. I feel like I didn't share my thoughts on Friday after next, man. Yeah, I, I think I think we're good on this on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that that's all I can muster up. Well, all right. Uh, I would say let's announce the next film. Uh, for next time, but I don't think we have another film lined up until next time. No, yeah, I mean, we have a couple potential candidates, but we haven't locked anything down yet. Yeah. Well, all right, my boy. Until next time. All right. See you, listeners, another day.